say what now? I said I'm trying to do a photo shoot in the park, so I'm trying to be cute. Mm-hmm. Well, you accomplished the mission. Um, <laughs> the sound is a little bit, um, it's not very clear from where you are. Uh, can you hear me all right? Okay. Can you hear me? Perfect. That's better? Much better, yep. Yep, okay. yep, okay. All right, all right. Well, um, now, we are here to talk about the Rage Retreat from March 15th to 17th of this year. But before we get into that, um, can you do a brief introduction? Because this is going to be the first time that we have had a conversation with no glitches in the matrix. <laughs> so, can you just tell everybody who you are, the work that you do? Yeah, I mean, let's do it again. Say that again? I say we're too powerful, you know, let's do it together. We what now? We're too powerful. I know, right? It's always a collision, right? Yeah. Trying to find some headphones real quick. Okay. Children. Children. Well, give me two seconds. I'll be right back. I'm going to put these children in the room with a show. Okay. All right. Come Thank Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. You say you on your way to a photo shoot? I'm on my way to uh, the Great Dismal Swamp, so I wanted to take some pictures. What y'all doing at a swamp? Uh, well, my my husband's uh, uh, mother has some land hurt family land there 
So mm -hmm. they're looking at building a house um, and re refurbishing their grandparents' house mm -hmm. um, down there. It's in North Carolina, just across the Virginia North Carolina line. Mm -hmm. So uh, we just, we just, we just, we're in the Great Dismal Swamp right now. So the the swamp is really close to. Um, is really close to the house and it's like just like a very powerful place to be at um magically powerful um if people don't really know about the swamp but that's a place where a lot of uh maroons in the united states were um it, where they they sought refuge in in the great dismal swamp um so like you can definitely when you're when you're down there you can definitely feel that energy. Mm -hmm. I was just, right after I said it, it was like I got, I felt like I was being checked from the inside. Like the swamp is, that's our space. That's our land. That's where we do a lot of our work. That's where a lot of what we need for our work is at. So, you know, so the swamp has a lot to offer. So that's dope. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really amazing to be um and in, in, in the it's in in the swamp it's like it's so alive mm -hmm. you know um it's and i'm like often in the woods and things like that and it, like it's just it's it's so alive just in terms of ecosystem mm -hmm. um because it being a swamp there's not a lot that people can do to develop it except it drain it so if it's not drained it's pretty much mostly untouched you know so it's like very primal very primordial energy yep so yeah i'm very excited i can't wait to get there <laughs> really exciting oh man i wish i could be there well that's dope i know i probably should do better with um looking into the land out here in that way too y'all having a house built out there uh, his his mom. Uh, they, they're um, this who whose house was it, baby? His mother's maternal's grand maternal grandparents' house. Um, they they have land and a house that's of course very very old, and so she's she wants to rebuild the house mm -hmm. on the land. Oh. Um, so we're about to see what what he's sitting for, huh? Yeah, but she's about to see what the roofers did to the house. So that's exciting. That's so like, exciting. Yeah, sitting on several acres. So like hoping that we can get a little plot and do some things. A little tiny plot. What? Oh, <laughs> God. That's, oh, that's so huge. That's so major. That's so major. I know. Um, What was it? What y'all trying, trying to do? Y'all trying to do a cob house out there? What y'all trying to do? Uh, I don't know, but I don't. It's because it's not my land. I would personally love to do a cop house, but it's not my land, so right. I'm not, you know. Right, right, right. Um, let's see what. Uh, um, but but uh, with the with his mom's um, his own his brother wants to build something like an earth ship or something like that, but you know zoning and dealing with what everybody wants you know i'm just a i'm, I'm just along for the ride right right 
Well, I know. Um, yeah, I can't some her song. You have fun out there connecting yes. with that land and being just being present for that because that's really big. You yeah. Know, connecting with maternal bloodlines and, you know, just getting all that energy. That's really, really major to me, I think. Uh, um, it's a, a beautiful to um, be a part of this family because. You know, my my logical family I'm not really connected to. And it's like ever since we've been together, like his grandma would come and just start talking to me and be like, I don't need you to tell Michael such and such and such. And I'm like, listen, you need to pour libations for your grandma because she keep coming and talk to me. Right. <laughs> you know. And it's like I never like I, I you know, felt this much love. You know, um, um, not just physically, but ancestrally. It's like I feel—I feel like I've been adopted into a family. It feels really good. So, it's just—it's just happy. <laughs> That's nice. That's beautiful. Well, I um—that's kind of a when you when you when you said something about your family, like. It, it brought back to me all the stuff that you had been dealing with being back in Pittsburgh and, you know, just how raw and open you were about your experiences and feelings about that whole, I guess, that life experience and then how it's being brought to the present. And one of the things that you said to me um, that kind of stands out is about, you know, rage being one of the most criminalized emotions. You said that rage is a truth bearer. It's not a cheerleader or a life coach. It exists as a guardian of the sacred. When we have forgotten what is sacred or when the sacred has been abused. And to be in a relationship with rage is to begin to build intimacy with the desacralized. Mm -hmm. And Kinda, I want you to kind of explain that a little bit more because that is a lot to take in at one time, mm -hmm. especially for those of us who have been conditioned to be disconnected from rage, anger, our full spectrum of emotions. We have to mask it. We have to hide it. We got to pretend that our rage doesn't exist so we can get along with the people in our lives and the fucked up situations in our lives. And so kind of, you know, just to hear that, you know, building a relationship with the with our rage is to build the intimacy with what has been deemed unsacred, but is actually sacred mm -hmm. to begin with. So just kind mm -hmm. of go into that for me and then talk about what, what's going to be happening at the rage retreat in March. Is being actually isn't being a relationship with rage. So like the first like image that comes to mind when people start talking about rage is like somebody who's like ranting and raving and that has lost their mind and has completely lost it, you know. Um, and this is and I, this is not a this that's not a, a judgment of, of anybody that finds themselves in those positions because that's definitely been me. 
and probably will be me in the future, you know, where I'll lose it a little bit or I'll snap a little bit. Um, but those, um, those are symptoms of having an incomplete relationship with rage. It's, it's a... <laughs> It's not a, it's, it's, we, we need to build a relationship with like sitting in a fire. Um, and it's that way because we have to, we are holding on to too many things that will poison us um, and will poison, will poison whatever sacred thing the rage is guarding. Um, and so the fire that we feel is the actually the loosening of the bondage that we have around ourselves. I know this is kind of vague. I'm trying to like ease my way into yeah, no, thank what you. I'm feeling. Yeah. But like <sighs> everything that we have been taught about who we are and and, and what we're worth, because especially in the society, if you if you grew up, if you're if you're a black woman, if you're a black queer person, if you're a black trans person, like everything that you're taught about yourself is that who you are is not, not just not sacred, but almost not even human. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so. In order, in order to even for for, and we have to understand, like in the in the physical, in the physical realm, in order to stay alive as black people, a lot of us we have had to accept certain conditions right. that are antithetical to who we are. Okay, you know what I'm saying that are absolutely antithetical to who we are, and a lot of um, the oppressive. The oppressive bullshit that we experience today in our communities, like one of the conversations that's been happening um, recently, uh, in the past few days, has been about like um, the conditions that created somebody like R. Kelly and allowed him to dress, right? Uh, so when you reach back in, reach back into history, and uh, and talk about uh, how black girls were wantonly raped, wantonly assaulted, wantonly abused, not only during enslavement, but after enslavement, um, up into the 60s and the 70s down south, you know, and I mean, probably still occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially when there are no legal, like there was nowhere you can go. I mean, it does still occur, you know. So hold on. One. But there was nowhere you could go. And it not, you right. gonna you gonna edit this? I hope you edited some. I hope you can edit my rambling too. I like your rambling, but if you want me to take it out, I will. If I can, at least some of it, like where it makes sense. Okay, but um, <laughs> but um, so in order to stay alive, mm-hmm. in order to continue to stay alive. You know, the things that we were taught to keep ourselves safe were that if you were to express any sort of 
any sort of sexuality as a child, any sort of in anything. It might not even be sexuality, just openness, boisterousness, you know, that you would be that it would be your fault if something was to happen to you. It's absolutely antithetical to reality. It's absolutely antithetical to the truth. It's absolutely antithetical to who we are and the sanctity of black children. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Um, and what happens is it splits us. It, it splits us and it twi- because the sacred never goes away. Anything that is sacred is infinite and eternal. You know what I'm saying? You can suppress it, you can oppress it, you can deny it, you can act like it's not there, but it is eternal, it is infinite. It has always been and it will always be. Black children will always be sacred. That's right. That's, there's nothing There's nothing that anybody can do to negate that, to take that away, to destroy that. But what happens is because of violence, in order to survive, we have had to split ourselves off from the sacred part of ourselves in order to continue to move through the day to day, right? So when a little girl or a, little, a child, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I had a girl, cause, I'm a, cause I was a girl, you know, and when a girl hips like her mom and she's trying to fill the sport, you know, that's part of her genetic makeup and her mom spanks her for being fast then what happens to that child is a, is a fragmentation of the self. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so in order to protect the sacred part of oneself, the, 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 the sacred part of oneself has to go into hiding, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it hides behind rage. That is one of the gates that the sacred hides behind. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, cause and effect, action and reaction. You do things to protect yourself. And unfortunately, we live in a society that makes it acceptable to deny our divinity and put up, put up gates in order to guard it, right? That's what I'm gathering from the conversation. Mm-hmm. Rage is one of those mm-hmm. gates that guards that guards it. And in order for us to let it loose, we have to go through that gate of rage. We have to allow ourselves to feel that feeling so that way those sacred and divine parts of us can flourish again, can start to take root and grow into whatever they're gonna grow into. One of the things that I, that I see happening right now is a, um, how do I put it? Like a, the ways that we process, the ways that we process or the conclusions that we come to or what am I trying to say? I mean, I'm trying to say that everybody's doing a lot of the same thing, right? Um, but it's not different than any other time. I feel like it's necessary for, you know, for people to kind of figure out by doing what they know or what they see, right? Mm-hmm. And how do we how do we couple creativity 
with rage? Or is there a way to temper it? Or is tempering something that needs to happen? Do we temper the rage? Or do we pair it with creativity so we can navigate it in a way that's um, constructive or um, build something, if that makes sense? Can we make our rage? Can we make it work for us? How do we make it work for us? Well, that's the thing. That's the thing about it is that people keep trying to make rage something other than it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the the whole the whole the the reason why people have so many problems with rage and with temper, with anger, somebody has anger problems is because they've never been able to actually sit and listen and be with it. Right. And to understand the mess is that rage does not work for us. It does not work for our ego. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not a convenient emotion. You know I'm saying it's not a it's not a okay, well, you know, I'm gonna pencil you in, you know, on Saturday <laughs> at eleven in the morning and then you know, it, something that- might come up and so uh, you know, maybe we'll just, no, rage is not a <laughs> Rage is not a convenient emotion. And, and, and what happens is that people continue to try to engage with rage and rage is subordinate to whatever else is going on in our life. And next thing you know, we're in the middle of the grocery store and somebody forgot to give us our change and we're cussing out the cashier. And then we got to get dragged out by police because we, had, we haven't dealt with a lifetime of the shit that we've been holding on to. You know what I mean, rage isn't there to be convenient. Rage yeah. is there to get our attention. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and it cannot, by, by, the, by the definition of what it is, it cannot be convenient because if it was to be an emotion, it just fell into whatever grooves and that this society placed upon us, it would be absolutely useless to guarding that which is sacred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not only is it a guardian, it also gets our attention. It's saying, hey, there is a part of us that has been neglected. There is a part of us that has been desacralized. There is a part of us that is not being, being loved on, that is not being adored. Mm-hmm. You know, but when we, when and, and the temper isn't the problem, the snapping happens, the snapping, the temper, the anger problems happen when we have been busy trying to deny the fact that that even exists in the person. I mean, you have the condition we have, especially as black women, what is one of the worst things to be called as a black woman? To me? Huh? What's the word? Oh, angry black woman? Exactly. Oh, she's a bitter black woman. Oh, she's an angry black woman. And, you know, even before I got to rage, I had to start with bitterness because I kept hearing, because I'm not a, I I don't consider myself a healer. I consider myself an alchemist. So anything that people are talking about as a negative or a bad thing, I want to interrogate that. I want to question that. I want to be very curious about what that is. So I started with bitterness. I mean, I started with pulling on the threads of bitterness inside myself because everybody's always telling me, don't be bitter. Oh, she's just a bitter baby mama. She's just bitter. I'm like, you know, there is nothing, there is nothing about us as divine beings that exist in this universe that just is. You know what I'm saying? Is because, you know, there is, and there is nothing that cannot be healed in the light of love. So I sat with my bitterness. 
Mm-hmm. And I started pulling on it, started pulling on it. I, you know, I, I did Facebook Lives about it. I was taking my bitters on a daily basis, you know, and I was just really being with it. I was like, and then I came to the conclusion, you know, bitterness finally opened up. It was like, bitterness is just rage that you can't enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's, and, 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 and that's, that's, that's the difference, right? Because when you know, and if you've ever had a really good snap, if you've ever given it to somebody or something that really fucking deserved it. Oh, yeah. Right? That shit feel good as hell. Yeah, too. <laughs> <laughs> that feels amazing. It's right, it's, it's right up there with the, or, it's orgasmic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if it's orgasmic, you know, because of, because of who I come from and who my mentor is, Diva Newtimu, Aunt Butterfly, if it's orgasmic, it's fucking holy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, and, and if we, if I, we start to question the assumptions that we have around what is, what is okay to feel, what is, what, like, what, what it means to be healed, what it means to be healthy, because honestly, a lot of these people, a lot of us that are just entering into this, this you know, alternative spirituality, you know, they have just left Christianity, are just doing Christianity with crystals. Yes. It's not an interrogation of a worldview. Oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <And> so... <laughs> Like I had to, you know, um, I, 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 it, it, you know, so so a lot of times, like we're ending, we're ending conversations with peace, you know, and we're saying peace says, well, we're simmering inside. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We are, we are simmering inside. We are full up with not just the the shit that we've experienced in our lifetime. But the shit that's in our genetic code, the shit that our ancestors are bringing to us in our dreams. You know what I'm saying? And for us to go and sit up there and act like it's all peace, well, we know that it's not, is to deny the experience of our, to deny ourselves is sacred. Because, like, if we're sitting up here like, yes, I've experienced, you know, my electric, my electric is cut off, my baby dad's acting a fool, you know, I don't got no food in my refrigerator, but I'm just going to pray and sit here and meditate and be at peace. That's a whole denial of our sanctity. And it's also a denial of our truth that our abundance is sacred, right? Right. Our, like, and our true peace, our true peace, where we are held, supported, cared for, loved, nourished, nurtured, applauded, adored, that that is, the tr- the tr- that is actually the truth of who we are. And if we're sitting up here trying to act like, you know, we're at peace when we're at war, then we're just in denial. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to act, I don't want to just say, like, there's no such thing as peace, like, um, like, there is a peace that surpasses understanding, I know that's very Christian, but there is, I mean, there's the peace that (laughs) comes with, there's a peace that comes with the understanding of how we are connected to something beyond this created and manufactured reality, you know what I mean, but anything, but anything that comes between me and that, is my enemy, and I'm going to respond accordingly. My emotion 
is going to give me a sign that something has come in between me and that which is the truth, which is the eternal truth of infinite and abundant blackness. You know what I'm saying? So if it's coming between that and my emotions are telling me that and I deny that shit, you know what I mean? Then I'm committing sacrilege. You know what I mean? And I'm going to start feeling some rage about that shit. Some parts of me is going to start revolting. You know? <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm going to tell you, that, that doctrine is the total opposite of what most of us have been taught about life and living. So what you did was you just challenged the cells in my body and stirred them bitches up and they are now moving like this. So it's like, I, I, it, it's so important to have talks where everything in you is challenged and you get, it even the it's confrontational, right? Because it goes against everything I was ever taught, right? I was taught, you know, my father, and this is something that I have to this day when I think of it, I feel a lot of rage about. My father taught us to, um, to take abuse, essentially, mm -hmm. right? He was mm -hmm. a military man. He was a military man. And the, the whole, the way you get ahead in the white man's military is, is totally based on how much abuse you can take. Mm -hmm. How good a job you can do under the pressure of abuse. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right, and you know mm -hmm. you have, um, and the lower you are, according to them, the lower your rank, the more abuse you have to put up with in order to move mm -hmm. ahead. So the less mm -hmm. abuse you have to deal with, the higher you go. But you have to have put up with all of this abuse before you even get to the point where you can get some respect and some, you know, um, attention for the work that you do without the abuse coming with it. And um, mm -hmm. so growing up, I was always taught, and it never sat right with me. You don't fight. Mm -hmm. You don't hit people back when they hit you. You go tell somebody who's in authority what just happened. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, um, you don't, essentially, oh, he would say things like defend yourself, but when we defended ourselves, he would say, why did you do that? You should have mm -hmm. just came and got me, or you should have just went and got someone who, you know, um, could have helped you and that I think is what most of us most of us are running on somebody in our upbringing and not just our fathers but society tells us you don't fight people you turn the other cheek you be peaceful you you know you don't rage is not a part of your your um it shouldn't be a part of your way it shouldn't be a part of your expression it's something it's bad you know, rage, mm -hmm. anger, um, all of these things that really bring about major change. Because if you, you know, when you think about it, the major changes that occurred in the world had to do with and were rooted in people being angry enough, enraged enough to do something about it, to start fighting back. And, um, you know, so... You know, I appreciate you and I thank you for for really uh, putting it to me, putting it to people who will be listening in those terms. 
Absolutely. I mean, what you described is like that is the, and most of us don't understand how much the, how deeply the indoctrination goes. Like a lot of the times people are talking about these great, like systemic oppressions, but don't understand how, you know, they, they get passed on society wise, but culturally, like within a city, within a neighborhood, within a family, you know, how you can go from one family unit to another family unit and be in a completely different culture, you know, so the way people see the world is impacted by all of these different layers of how we've been indoctrinated, and I just thank you for sharing with, with me and with us, like, about, you know, how you were raised, because I think so many people can relate and resonate with that, you know, this idea of you don't stand up for yourself, you don't fight back, you know, you don't, and actually, I think for people that were raised, were raised as girls, you know, it's this idea, like, that's not something that a girl does, you know what I'm saying, it's not something that, we are we're we're not supposed to be fighting we're not supposed to stand up for ourselves and what it does is you know it might make it easier for adults in our lives to raise us or to you know to to keep everything together you know especially like when you're talking about uh when you're talking about a a a a, a family or a people that is under siege right right it makes it easier it also grooms us for further abuse in our lives you know, because if every time you're every time you get mad, you're swallowing that because you think that it's something you're not supposed to feel, then eventually you don't know which abuse and what's not. Right. Right. You don't you don't know what's okay and what's not, and your compass is all over the place. Yes. Because you have and, and, and what people are mistaken when you are actually in communication with your rage, when you're in communication with your criminalized emotions, then what what you replace this 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 vague idea of peace with this really grounded idea of a center. You know who you are. You know your position within your within yourself, within your family, with your ancestors universe with your guides you know exactly who you are and where it is that you belong and what direction you're taking and so many of us are directionless like that's why there's this idea of people that are just like out here just floating along it's because people especially in new age circles especially in circles of alternative spirituality like that's why there's so many floaters is because we still have not dealt with the, the fact that we are fucking angry that we're full of rage and so we just float around we just float along and we act like it doesn't exist and we live in denial and nothing fucking changes in our lives but hey we have a great we have a great crystal collection right yeah i mean check out check out the 18 tarot decks that i have you know <laughs> meanwhile meanwhile we broke we ain't got no relationships we are that nothing about our lives really gives us joy. We keep consuming shit because we think that consumption is going to lead us Joy, hold on one second. Hold on. Salvation, but we still have. Right. You there still? 
You see that? Hold on, let me switch the camera. I don't know if you can see. I, I, I couldn't switch it because I don't know how to do it on Zoom. Mm-hmm. It's just getting stage for like just development purposes. Like being in conversation with our uncomfortable emotions is 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 one of the most key elements to our liberation. You know, um, I don't know. I, I I don't know how to further elaborate on it. It just is. No, you you said you have said it exactly as it is. We have to get in touch with the uncomfortable emotions. We got to sit with them. We got to honor them. We got to feel them as they are and stop trying to turn them into something else. Because I have been guilty of that my whole not my whole life, but for a long time. Right? I'm feeling. You know, I didn't make it through college because of the extreme and intense anxiety. Um, you know, not knowing whether I was coming or going, not knowing what to do next because I, I didn't feel like I had the um, I didn't feel like I had the uh, tools necessary to make it through. Um, you know, and attempting to. Can you hear me? Stop, Sunny. You just froze up. All right, I'm gonna um see about coming Joy back in here, but I'm gonna tell you all, just in case we are not able to get her back on the line, Joy Kimmich can be found on Facebook right now as Joy Tabernacle. She has a rage retreat coming up March 15th through the 17th. And if you email me at the nine minds at gmail.com, I will be sure to put it together in a newsletter so everybody who listens to the podcast knows where they can sign up for this rage retreat. If you want to get in touch with those emotions that are uncomfortable and, you know, you know that you need to... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Hello? All right. I was just doing my, um, just in case you didn't come back, telling people where to find you. And how I was like, I'm going to send out a newsletter with all the information about the Rage Retreat. So I think we said everything that we need to say to get people to understand the importance of acknowledging these emotions. So please tell people where they can sign up for the Rage Retreat, where it's going to be. I know the dates are March 15th through the 17th, so mark your calendars. Just give us 15th through 18th. Okay. Through 18th. Yeah, uh, Hampton, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can find me at Facebook at Tabernacle.life. Sign up for my newsletter. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Well, thank you so much for your time, my beloved. And give the family hugs and kisses for me. And I really honor and appreciate the work that you do. And if nobody else has told you, I see you and I appreciate you. And nothing that you do goes unnoticed and unacknowledged in the spirit world. So keep up the good fight, okay? I received that. Thank you. I appreciate you too. I love you. Give your family kisses on honey. And hopefully, I was. Alright, hopefully I'll see you March 15th through the 18th at the Rays Retreat. Everybody put it on your calendar. Let's be out there. Alright. 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 <laughs>